0: Locked away in attics, basements, and dark corners across the world are stories of beings and beasts that hide in the night. These are those stories. It's the Sleepless in Suburbia podcast. I'm Brooke, case manager for our team, and this is the audio recap for Case 113, Zen Blossoms Yoga Studio. When I received this email from manager Lila Gones, I dusted off my Gin Blossom CDs. Okay. So I pulled up Gin Blossom's videos on YouTube because I'm still not tech savvy enough to understand how to find their music on Spotify. Lila wrote, Ladies, my name is Lila Gones and I'm the manager of Jin Blossom's yoga studio in Springfield. We've been open for about 18 months and things are happening more and more frequently. We are a woo-woo space walking the beautiful lines of spirituality, body, and soul. The space we provide our yogis is supposed to be one of calm, providing them an opportunity to connect inward to grow their strength and mind-body connection. It's becoming increasingly difficult to foster this environment when a ghost or something like it keeps harassing our staff and students. Water bottles get knocked over in class for no reason. A teacher has seen the same face looking back at her from the mirror in the woman's locker room. A yoga block launched across the room and hit a student in the stomach during Shavasana. This was witnessed by several students. These are just a few of the things happening here. This is the last place I thought would be haunted. But there's a ghost here. We all know it. Please come to the studio and see what you find. Love and light, Lila. Zen Blossoms Yoga Studio is a two-story brick building set in the Town Square area of Springfield. You might actually hear it before you see it because of its collection of outdoor wind chimes. Once inside the reception area, there's a desk as well as couches for students to relax on before and after class. Just past the reception area are two large locker rooms, a men's and women's. Finally, on the main level, there are several individual yoga studios. There are five yoga studios to be exact varying in size. Lotus is the largest studio used for different hot yoga classes. Lily is the second largest studio and it's not heated. Hyacinth is a heated room used for yoga classes. Iris is not a heated space and Poppy is the smallest room used for yin yoga and other more gentle practices. There's a flight of stairs that leads up to to the meditation rooms and staff areas. There are two meditation rooms. Both are lightly heated. There's the mindful meditation room. This is a quiet room with meditation pillows and dim lighting. And then there's the music meditation room. In this room, you can listen to records, pop a tape into a cassette Walkman, listen to your favorite 90s music on a Discman, or use various other digital devices to meditate through music. It's pretty awesome. When's the last time you had the satisfaction of clicking a CD into a Discman? Just saying. On the second floor, there's also an office that's used primarily for management and a staff lounge, which is a large area of the second floor, also used for yoga teacher trainings. Team update. During the prep stage of the investigation, Prue had her hands full at a local bookstore, coordinating a book signing event for an upcoming thriller author. So Lark jumped into online historical archives to dig up some details on the building that now houses Zen Blossoms. We will keep them paired for the actual investigation. Lo and Claire teamed up for this investigation. We can always count on something interesting happen when we match up the one who can try to logic her way out of the most concrete evidence and the one who gets scared of leaves blowing in the wind. They also kept an eye on HQ. I investigated with Ford. She's the prankster of the group, even when it comes to other paranormal investigations. Once on a trip to Estes Park to explore the Stanley Hotel, Ford snuck in on a tour investigating the conservatory. Her plan was to scare them as they left. Instead, she got spooked by the tour guide who happened to be wearing an old-timey hat. After she screamed and ran from the building, making quite a scene and getting some pretty dirty looks from said... Tour guide, we had to sheepishly admit she was with us. What happens when our prankster meets whatever's going on in Zen Blossoms? Which sounds like a trickster entity as well. Here's a little bit of the history on the building that houses Zen Blossoms, and Lark did an awesome job compiling this information. 1485 South Bixler was built in 1920 for the Geller Accessories Company, owned by Adam Geller. Adam started the company for his new bride, Bina, his wedding gift to her, a factory to create the fashion accessories she designed. Bina designed beaded clutch purses, hats embellished with fabric flowers, ribbon choker necklaces, cuff bracelets, and gym hair accessories like tiaras. 90% of the workforce at Geller's Accessories Company were women, only 25% of whom were married. The Gellers created great loyalty amongst their employees by paying them 2% more than other peace workers in the state. On average, those creating the designs made between $18 and $22 a week, depending on which accessory they crafted. Business and family were booming for the Gellers. Demand for Bina's accessories had grown to the point where they had no more space within their walls for any additional employees. They needed another building. At home, Bina had welcomed two children— Matthew, and Samuel. Life was everything the Gellers could have dreamed until the afternoon of June 6, 1927. A fire broke out at the Geller Accessories Company. Several small fires grew quickly, trapping seven second-floor workers, including Bina's sister, Eliza. One of those trapped women jumped from the second story, breaking her leg, fracturing several ribs, and also crushing her wrist. The other six women died in the fire, most succumbing to smoke inhalation. Those fire victims' names are Eliza Abrams, Molly Porter, Rebecca Youngman, Ruth Bing, Johanna Marks, and Marie Russo. Investigators determined that the fire had been set intentionally, but were unable to determine who had set the fires. The Gellers paid for the funeral of all six women and the hospital expense of the one who had jumped to safety. The Geller Accessories Company never reopened, and the Gellers moved from Springfield. The building sat empty for nearly two decades before being gutted and refinished as Wilson's Soda Fountain in the early 1950s. In the early 1990s, the building changed ownership, again, giving a place for people in Springfield to listen to live 90s alternative rock bands. The Polished Minks served drinks to music lovers from across the state, closing its doors in 2011. It was vacant until Zen Blossom's yoga studio moved in. We packed up our gear and headed to Zen Blossom's studio to connect with the staff to see what spooky happenings were happening at the studio. When we arrived, Margo Witter took us to the women's locker room where on six different occasions she had an experience with the same female entity. After teaching evening power yoga class, Margo locked up the studio and headed to the locker room to get ready so she could meet friends to celebrate a birthday. She was bent over, blow drying her hair and standing up, she looked in the mirror to see a pale woman with red lipstick wearing a black dress with silver beading and a black feathered headband staring back at her from over her shoulder. Margot turned, but no one was there. She was alone, not only in the locker room, but in the entire studio. Several weeks later, while cleaning the floor in Lotus Studio, the woman in the black beaded dress appeared again, in the wall of mirrors at the front of the room. Margot has seen the same woman always in mirrors, once more in the Lotus studio, and three additional times in the women's locker room. Lotus studio is a hot one. The day we visited the room, it was around 100 degrees. It was in this room where a student during shavasana, or relaxation at the end of the yoga workout, had a block chucked at him. Lila showed us where his mat was set up, about 15 feet from a shelf holding equipment like blocks, bands, and towels. One witness says she was lying with her eyes open when a block flew over her head. Another student was fluttering their eyes open, head rolled to the left, when the block struck the man in the stomach. She had no idea where the block came from. The yoga teacher in the room, who quit shortly after the experience, described the block flying off the shelf out of nowhere and striking the man. The man, struck was the only guy in the class that day. During a yin yoga class in Poppy Studio, the class was in downward facing dog pose, which if you aren't a yogi is a pose with your body in kind of a triangle. Your booty is in the air, your hands are flat on the mat in front of you, and your feet are behind you. Your booty is the top point of the triangle. I am not a yoga professional, but I'm sure I explained that just terribly enough that every yoga teacher is cringing, but you get the idea. The teacher was walking in the back of the room when she heard something fall. It was a water bottle from the second row. She didn't think much of it until another water bottle fell over. In total, five water bottles fell over without an apparent person or thing touching them. Water bottles falling over without help, from the living, has become a common occurrence in all studio rooms. Lila was working in the office one evening when she noticed a chill in the air, and shortly after, she heard a male voice whisper in her ear, Hiya, Bearcat. There are several other haunted happenings in the Zen Blossoms yoga studio. Staff members have heard footsteps like someone wearing high heels upstairs, but when they go to check to see if anyone is up there, it's empty. In Hyacinth Studio, several classes have heard disembodied laughter throughout the room. Passerbys report seeing a shadow figure standing in the second floor windows when the studio's closed. Cell phones left in lockers in the men's locker rooms have their batteries fully drained. Thermostats controlled within each individual studio have turned up on their own. Cold spots have been reported on both the first and second floors. A student reported hearing, excuse me, from behind her. Thinking she was blocking another student's locker, she moved, turning to apologize, and she was alone in the locker room. The smell of smoke is reported on the second floor. Orbs are witnessed in darkened studios. Phantom handprints on mirrors are found in studios. People report feeling watched. Several students have reported seeing shadows move from the corner of their eye. Lights will grow brighter in dim studios while yoga classes are in session. Batteries on the media players in the music meditation room drained suddenly. The record player in the music media room has begun playing on its own. Our investigative recap. Setup took place on Sunday afternoon after the last yin yoga and hot yoga classes. Lila and Margo joined us for setup and stuck around for the first hours of investigation. With so much activity happening around them, we were curious if their presence could spark activity during the investigation. HQ was on the second floor in the office. Lowe set up video monitors in HQ, as well as three stationary cameras around the building. One watching the stairs, one in the reception lobby area, one in Lotus Studio. Our three research packs were lighter than usual since this investigation, we were all in one building. Our research pack supplies included K2 EMF meter, SB 11 spirit box, digital camera, digital voice recorder, full spectrum video camera, Band-Aids, and protein bars. We still get hungry even if we aren't leaving the building. Each team got a pack before heading out to investigate. Claire and Lowe took both meditation rooms on the second floor the staff lounge, and manned HQ. Prue and Lark investigated studios Hyacinth, Poppy, and Iris, and Ford and I took the lobby reception area and studios Lotus and Lily. These are our experiences. Equipment happenings. The battery and the camera set up in Lotus Studio drained twice and we had to replace it. Lo and Claire in both meditation rooms on the second floor, the staff lounge, and HQ. While in the music meditation room, Claire caught the following EVP. Give it a listen and tell us what you think it says. Let's play that one more time. It sounds to us like the word smoke. Maybe it's one of the women who worked in the factory noticing the growing smoke from the fires. Doing another walkthrough of the second floor, Claire and Lowe found all the meditation cushions in the mindfulness meditation room stacked on top of each other like a pyramid. When they first investigated the room, the cushions were lying scattered on the floor. Prue and Lark in studios Hyacinth, Poppy, and Iris. Lark did some research after our on-site interview upon hearing that Lila had heard the word bearcat. She learned that back in the 1920s, the word bearcat was a slang term used to describe strong-willed and often-spirited women. So perhaps the voice belonged to a man from the 1920s. While in the Poppy studio, this is the studio where the water bottles get knocked over by nothing, Lark witnessed a shadow move in a corner. She snapped several pictures, but wasn't able to capture what she witnessed. The two have a theory on the phantom handprints on the mirrors in various studios. They think that it could be a result of people touching the mirror with their hand, perhaps for balance then after cleaning, the oil from the handprint isn't fully removed from the glass. From there, the right combination of humidity or even a glare of the light with the right angle might cause what appears to be a phantom handprint. They weren't able to fully debunk this happening. It's a theory they wanted documented and shared with the Zen Blossom staff. While in Hyacinth's studio, both Prue and Lark heard the sound of high heels on the floor above them. Neither Claire or Lowe are high heel girls, and we all wear tennis shoes to investigate. They caught the footsteps on Prue's digital recorder. Give it a listen. Prue then went upstairs to Claire and Lowe, finding them both in HQ, neither had been walking around upstairs for about 30 minutes. We believe these feet are the footsteps from somebody just on the other side of the veil. Myself and Ford in the lobby reception area and studios Lotus and Lily. Margot and Lila joined us at the start of the investigation in Lotus Studio. Remember, this is the studio where the man had a yoga block thrown at him by a disembodied force. We all stood in the center of the studio while Claire ran the digital recorder. Lila asked questions. We got a couple of responses to those questions. When Lila asked, who's with us? We got this intelligent response. Listen, what do you hear? Ruthie. Did you hear Ruthie? We didn't hear the response in the room, but I couldn't believe the response when we listened back. It sounds to us like when asked who was with us, a voice responded with Ruthie. It seems very likely that this could be an intelligent response from the spirit of Ruth Bing, who lost her life in the fire. Here's our next EVP evidence caught in the same room during the same session. Lila asked, Are you okay with us being here? We got this response. Did you hear berries too? Now, at first, this didn't sound like a response to our question. Having Lark listen to the recording, she remembered reading something during her 1920s and 30s research. She discovered that berries was slang for something cool, similar to the slang saying the bee's knees. If that was Ruth responding to Lila again, it sounds like she's happy to be sharing her afterlife with the yoga studio. We moved to the women's locker room where Margot had seen a woman looking back at her in the bathroom mirror. We rolled the digital recorder, but didn't have any EVP evidence captured. In front of the butcher block countertop at the bathroom sink, we found a cold spot, nine degrees colder than the rest of the locker room, just at the sink. Sticking your hands near the cold spot caused goosebumps. Margot also said she smelled smoke. The rest of us did not have that experience. After the women's locker room, Margot and Lila left the building, locking the door behind them. Ford was disappointed that our night went smoothly with no other notable experiences or encounters. We did have to use a few band-aids on her after she tripped over yoga mats that were rolled up and stacked against a wall. Tumbling over them, landing on a stone elephant incense holder cracking it with her elbow. Three Hello Kitty and one Cheetah print band-aid later, the bleeding stopped. Note to self, two Venmo, Lila money to replace the incident holder. Sorry, girl. Evidence wrap up. I can say I never thought we would check out a yoga studio for paranormal activity. Thank you, Lila and Margo, for inviting us into your space to investigate. It does look like there are some spooky happenings at Zen Blossom's yoga studio. From our experience, it doesn't seem like this haunt is malevolent. More like an honorary spirit or two playing with the living and possibly some residual haunts. We are comfortable closing Case 113. Make sure you head over to Facebook and Instagram. We're at Sleepless Suburbia Pod. For investigation and behind the scene photos... Facebook and Instagram are also great ways to stay in the know on everything happening with the Sleepless in Suburbia team. We will be back next week with another case. Until then, thanks again for listening to the Sleepless in Suburbia podcast. If you enjoy our cases, please make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It's such a huge help for us. And make sure to subscribe so you get our new case each week. Until next week, bye everybody.